If he hadn't been so busy trying to keep Briley from doing something stupid, he'd have punched Carmody in the mouth, church or no church. Which was part of the reason he didn't trust the rafters to hold. He tossed another wary glance toward the ceiling. The Reverend Walter Beaumont was officiating, and he took his place, book in hand, resplendent in maroon robes and a long gold scarf of some kind. Most times the preacher dressed western, like most everybody else, but today he looked as serious as an Old Testament prophet about to lower the boom on a gathering of unrepentant sinners. He looked like Morgan Freeman and sounded like James Earl Jones, so everybody got ready to listen. Beaumont cleared his throat. The organist struck the first rousing chord, and the congregation settled in to watch the show. Walker suspected some of them were like him, wondering if history was about to repeat itself. The thwarted Carmody Parish wedding was, around Parable County anyhow, the stuff of legend. Tara Kendall's twin stepdaughters, now living with her, were barely teenagers and served as flower girls, happily scattering rose petals in their wake as they fairly danced up the aisle, both of them beaming and obviously enjoying the attention of the guests. Jocelyn Barlow, married to Slade and in a noticeably advanced state of pregnancy, soon followed, wearing an elegant lavender maternity dress and carrying a bouquet of multicolored flowers in both hands. Walker noted the electric look that passed between Jocelyn and her husband as she took her place opposite the three men dressed like tall, rangy penguins. Kendra Carmody, Hutch's beloved, the woman he'd thrown Briley over for, came next, sleek and classy in pale yellow and also carrying the requisite flowers. Hutch winked at her when she came to a stop beside Jocelyn, and a fetching blush pinked her cheeks. Next to join the march were Boone's two young sons, wearing suit jackets and slacks and little bow ties. Each of them carried a satin pillow with a gold wedding band nestled in the hollow, and the smaller boys stopped a couple of times along the way, seeming to forget the procedure. He showed the ring he was carrying to Opal Dennison, and she smiled and gently steered him back on course. This brought an affectionate twitter from the assembly and the clicks of several phone cameras slipped in between the notes of organ music. Walker grinned as the older boy finally backtracked and herded his little brother the rest of the way. Then it sounded, the loud triumphant chord signaling the imminent approach of the bride. Walker felt a pang, again reminded of Briley's ill-fated wedding. But the truth was, he was glad for Boone, and glad for Tara Kendall, too. Widowed several years before, Boone had been one of the walking wounded for a long time, doing his job, but clearly unhappy. He was a good sheriff and a fine man, and Walker liked him. The bride, a glamorous city slicker hailing from the Big Apple, had come to Parable some time before, reportedly to reinvent herself after a nasty divorce. It had been a while before Boone and Tara got together, considering that they'd evidently disliked each other on sight. 
but they'd finally gotten past all that. And wisely, Walker thought, they'd agreed on a fairly long courtship, just to make sure. And now their big day was finally here. There was a church-wide shuffle as the guests rose, turning to watch the bride start what probably felt like the longest short walk of her life. Boone's brother-in-law, Bob, escorted Tara, but he was pretty much lost in Tara's glow. She looked like an angel bride in her billowing lacy dress, and her smile was clearly visible behind the rhinestone-studded netting of her veil, as were the happy tears sparkling in her eyes. Walker felt a catch in his throat, wishing her and Boone well without reservation, but at the same time wanting that kind of joy for his disillusioned kid sister. She'd been in